Look, you guys aren't the most skilled dancers, but that's what we're up against. You think I don't see you staring at Jake like he's a pop quiz? Untrue. You can't think your way through this. You gotta let your body drive you. Show me what to do. Oh, that's why I lost that dance reality competition show. Let's start it! Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt, and he wasn't kidding when he said he was on a dance reality competition. And, and I wasn't kidding when I said I lost. Uh, but most importantly, more most importantly, we're joined by by uh, Meryl Barr. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, what are you doing? Wait a minute. Are you are you, are you for reals? You're not you're not going to swear. I am going to try my darndest. <laughs> All right, all right. Meryl's going to I would love try. it. I would love it if the first words out of your mouth were mother effing right. <laughs> I, I considered that. Can you make um, it through the show without mentioning Quibi, though? Well, you just did. Yes, but he doesn't have a Q problem. You do. <laughs> Look, well, I didn't know I was this is an intervention, okay? okay. Like, I didn't come right. here to be attacked. <laughs> There's there's um, two levels. There's two levels of difficulty that Meryl is I, trying to, to, to fight through. On this he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought this was a single black diamond course. I didn't know it was right. a double black diamond. What's going what on I here? What I will say is I am a massive fan of Sabrina Carpenter, so I will be watching that movie uh, uh, because I unabashedly loved Girl Meets World. Yeah. Wh- uh, and- tell, t- tell me about the movie. I know absolutely nothing. So this is a trailer for an upcoming Netflix dance film called Work It. A college-minded student needs extracurriculars, but she can't dance, and the school team won't have her. Whoa. Can her ragtag team win the big dance-off? It's coming to Netflix August 7th. It's called Work It. Spoiler, they win. They probably win. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but they probably win. All right, let's get to our primary target. Oh, big news today. Warner Brothers is taking Tenet temporarily off the theatrical release schedule for now uh, and instead is prepping the film for an unconventional rollout. Uh, in other words, they said in, the, in their quote, we, this will not be global day and date. Uh, so it sounds like they're going to decide to open up Tenet in markets like Korea or Taiwan uh, where there are people going to movie theaters and hold off in places like the United States where there's still shutdowns and people not going to movie theaters. Uh, yesterday, The Verge's Heim Gartenberg laid out an argument for why he thinks Christopher Nolan should just change course and push to have Tenet released online. Don't even put it in the theaters. Uh, he made a prestige argument and a money argument. Which one should we go uh, through first? Oh, yeah. Prestige, of course. Let's go through the prestige argument. Okay, the prestige argument is that Tenet has been pushed, as we've talked about on the show a bunch, as not the first movie to return to theaters, but the first movie that will pull people back in. Nolan seems to want Tenet to herald the reopening of theaters, right? Uh, Gardenberg argues that not might not be safe in some places, uh, giving rising infection levels, but Tenet could arguably make a bigger splash than Trolls if it went online only. Gartenberg writes, if Nolan wants to build a legacy, releasing the first true at-home blockbuster could be a substantial credit to that legacy. I don't believe in the second scenario. I I, I believe that the age of, of day and date releases of of 
of something that becomes the biggest thing on the planet, uh, being released completely online. We're not there yet. Um, I do like the idea of checking the local weather when it comes to uh, COVID stuff. Like, uh, uh, for example, um, I, I don't know, imagine, imagine you have um, uh, uh, three or four hurricanes coming in on the East Coast. Uh, meanwhile, on the West Coast, weather's totally fine. So why not release on the West Coast, right? Um, I, I, I feel like, like as quickly as possible, people want to at least believe, whether or not it's possible or not, they want to at least believe in the possibility of things going back to quote-unquote normal, whatever that is. So there are two ways I look at this. Way one is if he if we're gonna go the route of tenant make tenant the first true honest to God at home blockbuster, two things have to happen. One is they have to restart they have to restart the marketing from scratch and say and build it over like six months of it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. That's number one. Number two is you can't make it VOD. You'd have to release it on an HBO Max. You'd have to release it on a streaming service. The second you put a barrier for entry, like you have to click this button and rent it, you're never going to make it that big thing. The reason Netflix things are able to have that sort of penetrating power when they release is because there's no barrier to entry beyond your Netflix subscription that you already have. Well, and, and, and because like Netflix is a place. It, it, right. We can imagine Netflix as a theater. It's the very right. big theater that we go to to see the thing. Yeah. So that, then well, the other thing you have to realize is if you go the route and think, and think, i think this is what particularly a lot of american filmmakers are concerned with maybe we'll see is uh or rather american studios actually more likely um if you allow tenant to do, go the route of releasing international first you are effectively saying the u.s is no longer the number one market in the world which it hasn't been for a long time you know, based on the numbers, but um, we've never admitted. We've that. never admitted that. Yeah. So now you'd have to admit that the U.S. You'd have to admit what the numbers have told you for five years, which is the U.S. is no longer the top tier market. It's ne- the U.S. is now just a major territory amongst the global market, but it is not the be all end all market. That brings releases. us. That brings us to the money argument, actually, because. The the question could become like, well, between selling it as VOD, making it HBO Max, or putting it in theaters internationally without a domestic release, which one's going to make you more money? And Gartenberg talked about that too. Uh, it's estimated Tenet would need to bring in $400 million from theaters to profit. Gartenberg points out studios keep 50% of theater-run movies, but 80% of sales on VOD... And of course, 100% if they put it on their own service like HBO Max, although if you put it on HBO Max, you're not making direct money like when you're selling a theater your ticket or selling it will a increase subscriptions. You're, you're hoping that it raises subscriptions, but you do keep all of that subscription. And theoretically, that, those subscriptions stick around and keep generating money. So the best thing to do money-wise would be to wait for theaters to be solidly open. Gartenberg argues online would make more money than being early to theaters. Now, this international play looks like a way to say, look, we know we'll we'll make some money 
with theaters in Korea because they've been open for for weeks and people are going there hungry for for stuff. But we're going to hold off until the theater going is happening in other parts of the world. Now, we we don't I keep saying Korea. They haven't said Korea. They've just said we're prepping it for an unconventional rollout. And they haven't they haven't sure. given any any other dates to that. But that's that's what's on the table here is do we try to make our money by clawing it market by market or in high or, or Gartenberg is saying just put it on HBO Max like you were saying Merrill and 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 pump those subscriptions up and keep what all I, that money that keeps paying. The thing that I also think would be great to see is if you put it on H, say an HBO Max, what you do is you make that your test case for, can we release something on HBO Max that becomes a giant commercial for theatrical viewing? And what I mean by that is, you know, it's almost impossible, especially if you're not a major market, to see any streaming exclusive uh, in theaters right now, right? That's been that's been a big fight for a while. Is you know, and there was the deal with like the Alamo Draft House and Netflix and all those things. But there's no real like you release a movie online and then but you but don't you want to see this in a theater? I feel like Tenant could be the first test bed for okay, we're gonna put it on HBO Max. But let me ask you, but Warner Brothers being the question asker, let me ask you guys a question. Do you want to see this in theaters? Because we'll go put it in theaters if you because if you want to see this again, but you want to see this big because it was huge and you didn't get your fill on TV. Like, I don't know. That would be an interesting scenario as well. If, but could you get the theaters to go along with that? Because the theaters that, up till now, that, well, if you put it online, they're industry. like, forget it. We don't even want it anymore. Well, I mean, there was, of course, it requires a certain level of cooperation amongst an industry that is very uncooperative well, to change. And that's an interesting point, too, because there was an article, there was an interview with the the head of the National Theater Owners uh, in Variety today where he was complaining. He's like, we need them to release new movies. We we have theaters open. It may not be the majority of theaters, but we have lots of theaters open. And it's, you know, people go see Jurassic Park and Empire Strikes Back out of, you know, a desperation because they want to see something in these places for a while, but that won't last forever. You got to give us new stuff. Could, could, do they mean that enough to say, well, what if we release it online, uh, but also in theaters for those people desperate enough to want to go see it in theaters? Yeah, do they have them over a barrel? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make it day and day though. I'm t I'm proposing like a slow, like a, like Tenant does two months on HBO Max, and then Warner Bros goes. By the way, we're going to do a theatrical run of this because you guys loved it uh, so much. I think we theater owners would again. still want it the other way around though. Uh, okay. Well, well, and 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 also, I I I think to be honest, it it behooves all parties. As 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 much as we roll our eyes at the traditional system, uh. Part of the reason that the traditional system works is because the very release of the original theatrical release of every single movie is that it acts as a second wave um, promotional uh, uh, PR tour. Like um, uh, imagine, uh, let's say, an album. Uh, album is, is, is announced. Everybody pronounced the album. But then the only way to hear the album is Pink Floyd goes on tour and that's the first time you've heard it. Oh my God, I've seen, you know, uh, Dark Side of the Moon or whatever. And then later on your way out, it's like, uh, oh man, I wish I could have that at home. Uh, that seems to be the, the, uh, the method that has worked for most movies. I, I don't know. 
I, 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 I think I don't believe in day and date release. I, I, I don't think it'll ever, ever work. I think that. Well, that and I think Warner Brothers agrees with you, which is why they'd rather break the global release schedule. And when we talk about global day and date, we're, we're not talking about everything has to be the exact same date, but we're talking within a couple of weeks, right? Uh, what Warner seems to be saying here is it's not going to be within a couple of weeks. It could be next week in Taiwan and two months from now in New York City. Yeah, uh, which is why I brought up the idea of kind of local weather, right? Where yeah. it's just like, you know, let, let, let's have it start in the West Coast, make its way to the East Coast, avoid Texas, which is currently like, you know, ground zero for COVID The question is, COVID I guess whatever. you go VOD market by market, but do you... You Are know, you, you able to shorten that window? Or if it doesn't release in theaters and if Tenet is out in Asia for three months before it releases here, does there, that under does that undercut the mystery of it? Do, you know, because it's gonna leak out what's in the movie. It's gonna end up oh, on Wikipedia. I mean, we're something. not even we're not even approaching the whole, you know, what is the spoiler the piracy. discussion look like for yeah. well, well, piracy, not even piracy, just discussion. just the idea of like, you know, this is a movie that has a secret plot. And they've made a big deal about how you don't even know what's happening in this movie till you see it. If that all leaks out, does that undermine it? And would it be better to put it online in some markets and in theaters and others? You know what? This is something that I, I certainly somebody smarter than me has already proposed and almost certainly Hollywood has has thrown out. But I almost wonder if a Kickstarter types model might not be the way to go where it's like you uh, like, like, like we are going to sell tickets and then we're going to stop selling tickets one week before this thing comes out. And sure, you'll probably be able to pirate it afterwards. Are you in or are you out? We're pre-selling tickets now, pre-sales. But wait, I mean, that still doesn't solve the release schedule, does it? I mean, the the real problem it, it, is it, it does insofar as you. But how do you get what, the so immediate feedback of 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 of? of uh, no, I guess. But, but, but the, and they the already do with... ticket pre-sales now. I mean, look at any big blockbuster movie; it's always sure. Here's the date. Yeah. Buy your tickets now. Right. Well, they right there. That's the that's the problem, though. Is you can't guarantee the date, right? Brian, you just went through this with Founders Club. Like, you can't. Uh, there you'll say we're gonna sell tickets for a release of Tenant on December twenty fifth, Christmas Day. You cannot tell me that they're gonna we're gonna be able to safely go to the theater on Christmas Day right now. Like so to pre-sell those tickets, what good does it do you? Uh how about this? What if you refuse to even say, and this is me just blue sky in this, which usually is a bad idea. Uh <laughs> but 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 what what if you just said we're not even going to tell you when it will be, but you can pre-buy it right now. And when it's out, you'll have it in or out. I mean, I, th I think that that just that still doesn't solve the release date issue, right? Yeah. When you pre-buy it to have, do you get it on the day it releases in theaters? Well, then that's day and date release. And it's got all the same problems of day and date release with theater owners, et cetera. Yeah. Or are you talking about in theater tickets? Um, I, 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 I was thinking of both, but but in theater tickets might be an interesting 
because you also can't they're guarantee ancient. capacity even you can't guarantee how many show times will happen in a day yeah, on any screens true. but uh, what well, what if they sold it and then we could watch it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bryce, yeah, yeah, we're crazy. back to day and date. Yes, I, I, I'm with you. Right? Well, and Heimberg is even like, saying day and date. He's saying just release it online. Don't even put it in theaters. Which uh, I think Warner is like, nah, we're going to make money off theaters, especially in places where the theaters are doing fine now. Uh, we can't resist that. So the rule they're willing to break is the global release strategy. They're they're willing to do a, what they're calling an unconventional rollout. Yeah, I would just like to point out that in the chat they're saying Brian's weather model is the best one. So there, fine person. The with. chats yeah. agree. The chats agree with Warner Brothers Studios. So there you go. That's why they're doing it. But it is interesting that Tenet finally, uh, finally broke. It finally stopped trying to be, you know, the line in the sand. Uh, and uh, it it will be interesting to see what's going to happen to all these other release dates that we're we're sort of following on. Uh, like I don't Mulan know how anything in releases in 2020. Like at this point, like we got to start calling. But here's the thing, though. We've got theaters opening up around the world because they're not in the same situation that the United States is in, where it's safe to go to the theaters, where they're making money. Well, the, and that brings us back to the initial thing, which is you can open up, but you have to be willing to accept what we've all known for five to 10 years, which is the U.S. is not the be-all, end-all market anymore, which I argue would make movies better. Question. Right? But I, don't, I don't think we've proposed this before. Uh, uh, taking on the karaoke studio model, where it's like you cannot fit more than six to eight people in a room, but each one has a good projector, good sound, good everything. Everything is super sanitized from one group to another uh you decide on what group of people go with you into the movie theater would would, would that solve it with now because because it, it's about it's about uh local laws and local laws don't distinguish between theaters and karaoke basically uh, you can you can have patrons come indoors or not huh that might that might that sort of thing might help with perception with people are like I know it's legal for me to go to the theaters but I don't want to but then then you got an infrastructure issue you've got to you got to figure out how to build all that yeah let let I guess I'm thinking more from a marketing recovery sort of uh, side of things and less of a mm. legal structure so 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 legal legalities aside because you're right either either doors are open or they're not but but. Uh, doors are open and everybody can come in is not going to go over I mean, well right now. Whereas well, you guys even, but you guys even talked about this a few weeks ago, which is there are theaters open internationally. People aren't going at the rate they went. Oh, like, they're going now. We'll talk about it later in the show, but Korea, right. Korea finally, right. we finally got the money millions. We're talking the millions. Mm, looking, uh, that sounds to me like it's time for us to move on to our Patreon plug. If you want to keep this show loud, live and independent, head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers. Just a buck an episode. That's all we ask. We bring you all the best news on how to get what you want, when you want on whatever device you want. And uh, I don't know, give us money. Yeah, we, we let you stay home where it's safe and enjoy us. So please, uh, patreon.com slash cordkillers. Let's talk about how to watch. 
So we got a couple things in how to watch. We're going to tell you what's up with Netflix because they had their earnings report. There's always interesting news coming out of that. And then, of course, we want to get our impressions on the first week of Peacock. Uh, let's start with Netflix. Netflix announced uh, that it has named Chief Content Officer Ted Sarandos as co-CEO. Uh, Sarandos will still be in charge of content, but now co-CEO Reed Hastings said this change makes formal what was already informal, that Ted and I share the leadership of Netflix. Uh, Netflix also promoted its chief product officer to chief operating officer, uh, gained 10.1 million subscribers worldwide in the last quarter. That's almost as much as it gained in all of 2019, uh, pushing Netflix up close to 193 million subscribers worldwide. Bad news, earnings per share for the quarter was lower than expected. It was buck fifty nine a share versus $1.81. Also bad news, Netflix said it only expects to add 2.5 million subscribers in the current quarter, Q3. That is quite a bit below what analysts expected them to say, which was 5.27 million. In its earnings letter, Netflix wrote, growth is slowing as consumers get through the initial shock of COVID and social restrictions. All right, that's the finance stuff. What about the content? They released a lot of uh, their, their viewing numbers, which is, a household gets credited with a view if anyone on any of the profiles in an account watches a minimum of two minutes of something. Uh, so now the biggest movie on Netflix ever is Extraction starring Chris Hemsworth at 99 million households. Uh, other of the new stuff that came out in the last quarter, uh, La Casa de Papel or Money Heist uh, at 65 million. The Wrong Missy, starring David Spade and Lauren Lapkus, 59 million. Too Hot to Handle, the reality show, 51 million. Never Have I Ever and Space Force both came in at 40 million. The Willoughby's, the animated show, 38 million. Floor is Lava, down there at 37 million. And uh, The Five Bloods from Spike Lee, 27 million. Charlize Theron's The Old Guard has not been out for the full four weeks that they used to make these numbers, but uh, Netflix already projecting that The Old Guard would head to 72 million, making it number two. But, uh, before we start diving in on the numbers, uh, can we revisit, like, why why are they giving any numbers? Like, I thought Netflix was really on to something by just keeping their mouth shut and, and, and saying it doesn't matter what we make as money, not viewers. Well, my guess this is pure speculation my guess is ultimately we live in a system built on what are the viewing numbers how many people watch i mean brian it's is a it's, it's creator, a social you know proof it's a social proof of you yeah like, like you can say that all you want but even just releasing your own internal numbers i mean it'd be better if it was a third party counting them but that's another discussion um as far as like releasing something right puts into perspective of like okay well if you extrapolate that like all these movie releases well if you multiply each number by 10 Right. So it's like, you know, I guess I guess it's just a little bit weird because they're the ones who are picking the winners and the losers. Right. Where it's like when they're the ones who can decide what uh, loud, annoying trailer to immediately blast in the face of everyone. It's 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 hard for me to be impressed. Well, that, there's that that your choice uh, for the number one show well, turned out to be the number one show. Just because they give you a trailer doesn't mean people watch it. I mean, there's probably uh, plenty of trailers they've pushed out there. Uh, no, but they can push the algorithm, though. Um, didn't get the millions. I'm, the, I mean, yes, the more they, they push trailers, the more they can move things around. 
But I, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I buy that as a, as a big concern. Right. Like it really doesn't matter. What matters is two things. Uh, one, if you put numbers out, suddenly people who go. But is any anybody watching any of this stuff can now go, oh, they are. Uh, 99 million people at least watch two minutes of that Chris Hemsworth action movie. Okay. Uh, it, even, even if these are bu- bunk, bunkish numbers, even if they're, they're juiced by, by trailers, it's that social proof, right? Right. But I think the second most important reason for doing this is people love to talk about it. They yes. love to talk about what was the new big hit on Netflix. And it, I think what Netflix realized was, oh, ratings are Im- important for, comparison to our competitors, which is why they never gave them out before. They're like, it doesn't matter if it's successful in the ratings. We decide what to to put on here based on, on algorithms and personal preference and something that's the most popular may not be. That's all still true, but they now can dominate a news cycle by saying, Oh, yeah. that Chris Hemsworth movie got 99 million and everybody writes up that headline and everybody starts talking about it. Yeah. I mean, it's also, there's yeah, also yeah, the reality. Well, and, and, and you, I, I think you nailed it with the words dominate the news cycle. That's all I needed to hear. You're a hundred percent right. I'm, I'm. Yep. There's also the reality of when, especially when it comes to the theatrical, the feature releases, we have never in the, in the history of gauging success and failure of movies, judged it by how many people watch the movie. We've always judged it by how much money did the movie make. Right. Well, this is a case where, so they're basically applying a TV model to the feature world. So the truth is the numbers they're putting out mean nothing, but they say everything, yeah. right? They, yeah. They're all like, they're, they, we don't, telling me, you know, that uh, 77 million people watched the first two minutes of The Old Guard is not as concrete impressive as The Old Guard made $200 million at the box office. That said, that said, by telling me 77 million people globally watched The Old Guard over the, uh, you know, over the first week of its release, I can at least go, well, someone watched it, and that included me, and I liked The Old Guard. I mean, uh, hopefully a bunch of other people like The Old Guard, and then we can talk about The Old Guard. Yeah, I wish I Speak- wish uh, the, the, the standard was more than two minutes, though. Two minutes. Yes. <laughs> oh, but that's why I think this is a news cycle thing, right? Because they want that big number, that big splashy number. That doesn't, like you said, Meryl, it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, right. But big numbers make for, for good headlines. Uh, speaking of The Old Guard, NBC Universal is part of the old guard of broadcasting. And uh, Peacock came out this week. Uh, We all got a chance to use it, whether we did or we did not. Uh, uh, Let's start, though, Meryl, because I know you're excited to talk about this. What did you think of Peacock? Okay, okay. So I said many months ago when they did the presentation, I came on the show that I was pro-cock. And guys... You said said if if I'm framing it correctly, you were... were positively effervescent about it. You were saying this is the best pitch for the best online right. over-the-top network that I've ever seen before. Yes, I did. I did. And I'll tell you right now, having spent the weekend with it, or you know, the last few days with it, I I I I th- I, I think it lived up to my expectation. It definitely got hurt by not having the Olympics. I agree with that hundred percent, which is what you guys said last week. Um, what I was not prepared for was the fallout of my circles online, my friend circle and uh, people I follow on Twitter, just hating it. They hated it what, from a what, content perspective. Yeah, people, a what, lot of people why, hated why, it. They hated, they hated what they, was on it. They hated the they interface. Hated the they, content, hated the, they hated the content of it. They hated the 
way it was the the what content was accessible and what wasn't like it was and i was just like and i i took me i had to break it down like why do people really hate peacock because everything i'm seeing here is exactly what i was promised and the fact that there are live channels ads like in six months the problem right now is they don't the olympics so they didn't get the big push of the olympics which is what they were banking on but in six months this thing's gonna be epic and i realized this is the first streaming surface surface this is the first streaming service being marketed to me a tv viewer every other streaming service on the market either netflix or now hbo max or cbs all access they are geared towards a film viewer they want the big film world to be interested in them keacock's the one that goes no we're we're a tv company and we're gonna make television and i as a lover of television feel very invited by peacock uh, so when I look at the Peacock service, I go, this is reminding me of television. And if you view it in that context, I view it, I view it as success. I wish they had the Olympics. They didn't. And I also find it interesting what they focused on pushing what they didn't. The fact that they didn't bother pushing the fact that they have a new psych movie that's wonderful. What are you uh, talking about? I see that at the very top of every time I turn on Peacock. But yeah, but like I've never, I have not, I've, I've seen nary a chirp of marketing for that new psych movie. Like, oh, you know, I, like I come to Skeacock because we have the new psych movie. Like I, I saw like, that. I saw a, a, an interview for it, like autoplay on one of the sites I was at recently. I don't All know, right. maybe, well, and, uh, and maybe this ties into what you're talking about. Maybe you're not being targeted because the algorithm doesn't think you're the kind of person who would like Peacock. Possibly mistakenly i don't know that's fascinating though because and i think you're absolutely right i look at peacock and i'm like this is perfect this is going to get this is accessible it's free uh people who are not like super into cord cutting uh, are going to look at this and go oh this this makes sense there are live channels and then there's a place where i can find things and all of the all of the reviews i saw dragging it down were criticizing the interface and criticizing, you know, like what they decided to promote and what they didn't. So I'm, I'm glad you solved that, Meryl, because I think that's absolutely right. I think it's tuned for people who aren't the people who are criticizing it. Right. Also, I will say I uh, boohoo on them because they didn't get the Amazon Roku deals mm -hmm. like this HBO Max. I don't know what if this if this is going to become the new thing where, you know, uh, Netflix and I'm sorry, Amazon and Roku are going to be, you know, holding back the market share. That's going to be a, we're going to have to start. I mean, it was fun. It was, it was a cute, funny thing when H when it happened to HBO max. Now we're two releases in a row without them. And there's, by the way, the HBO max issue is still not solved. This is, this is going to become a thing. Well, and it is a thing. Uh, and I, I think the reason it's such a big thing for both HBO max and Peacock is because all four parties involved, Amazon, Roku, Peacock, HBO Max, all know this is precedent setting. Whoever breaks this log jam up front sets the precedent for future deals, and they know this is the future, so they want to win the deal first. They want to win the deal Apple out of the gate. Why doesn't Apple have this problem? <laughs> because Apple doesn't have the market share of Roku and Amazon That's uh, in this yeah. particular space. So Apple's like, we can be friendly. Also, Apple already had its fight with Amazon. So I think that helped a little too, is they, they had right. already come to peace with Amazon before this. And so they're like, look, come on, we don't want to fight again, do we? And uh, maybe that made things easier too. I don't know. So uh, uh, overall, thumbs up, thumbs down. What experience uh, uh, should people endeavor with, with Peacock? Like, like, should they pay for it? Should they do the free version? Go for the free. Go for the free. And then... 
here's what I'm going to say. Go, I, And I think that they're smart by not pushing the subscription. Like, it's there if you want it. You know, and I think also I will say I think they were wise to put a handful of library titles behind the paywall to go, here's all of this for free. But if you want house, cough up your five bucks, like, or ten dollars. And they didn't the put the version. big stuff behind the paywall, which I think is smart. They the, the the wide the widely stuff like 30 rock, that's there for free. So the people who don't, well, why am I even bothering watch this? They want people to build the habit to the point where then they become like, oh, I wonder if I could watch house. Oh, I have to pay for that. Or you know what? I'm tired of commercials on this thing. It was fine for a while, but how do I get rid of them? Okay, I can pay for it. Like the one, I, I yeah. think they're doing a really good job. The one library choice they made that confounds me, and I assume I have to imagine it's a contract thing, is there's a bunch of law and order missing. Like there's so mm. much law and order missing from that service that yeah, they, they put like, the like, yeah, to the point where it's like the, the, the original show, it's only seasons 13 and forward and not 12 and back. So it's like, where'd all that go? So it's, they're really not. And also that goes to the fact they're not really banking that hard on library, um, binge viewing. They are banking on, they're still library because there's literally an eighties channel in the, in the live channel section. But they're banking on. Uh, so, 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 do we think it's a a, a those are entangled with previous legal agreements? Yeah, or? No, all these yeah, channels have okay. the same it's thing. Where, uh, like, Harry Potter's already leaving HBO Max because they could only claw back the rights for a couple of months before it goes back to NBC to for stuff. You're going to keep seeing this on. This isn't. That's not a problem that is unique to Peacock. Although that was another criticism was a bunch of people complaining. They're like, well, all these movies are leaving Peacock after day one. And I'm like, yeah, th these contracts are weird, man. Like yeah. we're in this transitional phase in a year. We're not going to, in a year or two, this is going to, we're not, we're going to be begging for this because suddenly everyone's going to have their own silo. And, uh, damn it. Oh, <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's uh, the signal that it's time to talk about what to watch. You know, surveillance. <laughs> the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was scheduled to debut on Disney Plus August 5th, but it was not on a recently published schedule of upcoming releases. An Engadget source says the premiere has been pushed back and no new date has been set. Filming for the series was put on hold in March. However, Disney Plus will debut a new Muppets series called Muppets Now, coming July 31st. The show is billed as an unscripted, short-form interaction between Muppets and guest stars. Topics mentioned uh, in the trailer include lifestyle, cooking, and science. Sounds sounds a little bit like, um, uh, I don't know, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, basically, from what I saw on the trailer. Yeah, I think they're probably ad adapted a show to to what they could do during lockdown. Uh, yeah, and and this is this is a cool idea. That trailer was good. It was you know all the Muppets on a Zoom call, so that that's cool. Uh, HBO Max has ordered a sketch comedy show from Saturday Night Live co-head writer Michael Che. Che will executive produce along with SNL producers uh, Lauren Michaels, SNL inventor Lauren Michael, and uh, SNL producer Aaron Doyle. The episodes of the series will each have a theme and use sketches and vignettes to illustrate the black experience. Che will not leave SNL, but yes, this is on HBO Max. I like the idea of SNL having an inventor, like in, in, down in his laboratory with a with a monocle on and and and, and a, 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 a alligator clips. He, I've done it. I've created SNL. 
All I want is the docuseries about his fight with Jack Allison. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, yes, 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 100%. Ted Lasso, the Apple TV series uh, uh, starring Jason Sudeikis, will appear on August 14th. The show is based on NBC Sports promos about a U.S. college football uh, coach who takes over a soccer team in England. Uh, so based on a true story, I guess? No, 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 no. These are just promos. NBC Sports did promos with Sudeikis pretending to be a college football coach who takes over a soccer team to promote their soccer uh, coverage. Well, now, uh, now I were, want it to be true. I want to, I want to see this actually happen. <laughs> and they were so, they were so, uh, popular though, those promos. And they told a little story, uh, that they turned it into a pitch and now it's going to be an Apple TV plus series. Cool. Netflix has committed around $200 million for The Gray Man, a movie based on a 2009 novel by Mark Graney about a former CIA, CIA operative and freelance assassin named Court Gentry. Uh, Joe Russo will write with Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely uh, doing the polish. Anthony and Joe Russo will direct. Uh, Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling will star. I believe Gosling will star as Court Gentry. Uh, and if it succeeds, it uh, could become a franchise. Right on. I'm here for that. And finally, Netflix has also landed uh, uh, Leave the World Behind, an adaptation of an upcoming novel by, uh, uh, forgive me if I mispronounce this, uh, uh, Ramon Alam. Sam Esmail is directing and stars uh, Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts. Man. Sam Esmail is a good director. Also, Netflix is throwing around some money. Like these are these are blockbusters, yeah. right? Yeah, like, everyone, everyone's saying. Well, at least they're on old guards. Cool. The Chris Hemsworth thing was cool. These are movies that would definitely make money in the theaters, don't you think? This is yeah. This is like what are they doing with all that extra COVID money they made in Q two? They're buying Denzel Washington's movies. That's what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> I think they were planning on doing that anyway, but like they keep stepping up the game. It was it was this thing where we it's kind of like for a while we're like, oh, isn't it cool? Netflix got uh, nominated for a Golden Globe. Oh, isn't it cool? Netflix won a Golden Globe. Oh, isn't it cool? Netflix got nominated for an Oscar. Isn't it cool? It won an Oscar. Now it's oh, isn't it cool? Netflix got a big name star to do a movie for them. Now well, it's like, oh, they're mind, getting the got Russos a, to ride a Dwayne Johnson Gal vehicle. They've got a Dwayne Johnson Gal Gadot movie coming like that was like either in production when COVID went down, how would happen like that. So like they've been on, the, I wonder how much of this is them trying to assuade fears that they're not financially stable by going, we're so financially stable. We oh, I got think they the were going to do it anyway. I don't think yeah. there's any fears that they're finan I think that, that this was all in the works. Beatmaster in the chat points out blockbusters more like couch busters. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> All right, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on. Meryl, what's something you've been watching? Okay, so we're in the age where a bunch of YouTube shows are getting uh, shopped around for potential pickup. And so because of that, I want people to get their eyes on a YouTube show in hopes that maybe one day it, it finds a home. Um, it's called Dallas and Robo. Um, I like to call it a red state Futurama. Like if Futurama is the world of a big metroplex in the future in a cartoon format. This would be what Texas and Oklahoma look like because it's about these space truckers, one named Dallas, played by Kat Dennings, uh, and one named Robo, played by John Cena. And it's adorable. And it's a great – and there is, it's just – it's got that fine, you know, Futurama timing. Um, and it's just – it's so 
It's so much fun. I highly, you guys got to get on this thing. Meryl, Meryl, Meryl. Where what? were you born? Where was I born? Yeah. New York. Okay. All right. And you live where? California. Mm. Let me explain something about how right. people who grew up in Texas feel about other people <laughs> describing what their state is like. <laughs> also, I was born in California. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, um, I will say quickly, because I've been such a proponent of Harley Quinn forever, uh, finally coming to HBO Max August 1st. So, oh, Brian, good. you were I'm out very of excuses. Because I got disrupted in my watch. Because it disappeared from sci-fi on demand, which is I was how I was watching it through Hulu. Yeah. Uh, so so good. I'm very glad to hear that. All right, Brian, what about you? Uh, you know what? I, I spent most of my week finishing up uh, uh, The Last of Us Part Two, but what I've had a lot of fun with is showing my kids selected uh, selections from Mr. Show. Like like I f- I feel like the old uncle who's who's showing off. Uh, Monty Python or whatever. Right, right. Or I mean, Fire Sign Theater. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, picking the right things to show. But, uh, but man, are they digging it. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Mr. Show That's with Bob and cool. David. Uh, that makes me want to be your daughter. <laughs> you can be my daughter <laughs> as mean, long no, as you're from it. Texas. <laughs> I lived there. Uh, no, it makes me want to watch Mr. Show, uh, which is always good and never bad. And uh, where are you watching it? I'm curious. Uh, YouTube, because it, it it carves everything out into discrete pieces. And, and usually, you know, if, if you enjoy one sketch, you know, it kind of has your number figured out. And yeah, it's like, yeah, like okay. eh, pretty sure you're going to want to see this one next and so on. Very nice. I want to give a, a shout out to the movie Palm Springs uh, that uh, stars um, uh, Kristen Milati and Andy Samberg uh, that Eileen and I watched on, I don't know, I think Monday night. I think right after Gord Killers, maybe uh, we watched this. Uh, it's a comedy and it's delightful. It's just uh, this is the one we talked about last week that was Groundhog Day you know, meets uh, a Russian doll. And it was even better than I expected. Uh, it, it's aware of itself in, in ways that I, I found entirely entertaining. Uh, it's realistic in, in how people at a wedding uh, think and believe and how they might change how they act if what they're doing has no consequences on the next day. Uh, it's good. I recommend it. Palm Springs. Go is check it, it out. Uh, age appropriateness. Uh, is, is is that one I should introduce the kids it's to? It's probably okay for teens. It's not super graphic or anything, but there's a lot of like sexual innuendo and such. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Separate story. Right. Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, uh, I, get, I, I saw this come across my, uh, my YouTube today. The highly regarded sports documentary, The Last Dance. Uh, you only used to be able to watch on ESPN in the U.S. is now on Netflix. This is a 10-part docuseries that follows the 1997-98 Chicago's Bowl season. That was Michael Jordan's last. Uh, this is after they have a three-peat championship season and they have an aging team. The players and the management are clashing over what the future of the team will look like. Um, and they will try to get their sixth championship knowing that this is their final season together. Uh, especially with their head coach. A film crew apparently captured hundreds of hours of footage at the time and 
Michael Jordan had uh, explicit uh, 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 he had a, he had a veto to uh, to when mm. it would be used, and apparently this uh, has his blessing. This is pretty cool. I watched the first episode uh, between the shows, and it's really cool. Uh, there are ten hour long parts of this now streaming on Netflix in the U.S. Uh, it, I believe it was on Netflix internationally, but check something like Just Watch to check availability in your location. If you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email us, cordkillers at gmail.com. I also watched Space Jam. Is that the same thing? Yep. Space totally Jam. same. It's, it's the same documentary. The Space Jam. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Cool. So I feel like I've watched it. Uh, hey uh, there, Brian. Uh, Current Geek Chronicles is another show I do without you. Would it make you mad if I mentioned it? Oh, my gosh. Not only that, but you need to explain to people that Current Geek Chronicles is not the same as Current Geek. Uh, Current Geek was you guys just chit-chatting or whatever. Current Geek Chronicles is going to be some like some next-level NPR sounded stuff yeah uh it's it's our attempt at uh being good at what we do in ways <laughs> that we're not right so instead of the the lazy scott johnson and i go like hey we're pretty good at talking let's talk for an hour and people enjoy it and they do but we're like hey what if we paid editors and researchers to make the things we're saying even better that's current geek chronicles it's it's the best of current geek plus more the first episode about the origins of the term mana as used in video games is already up on our kickstarter because we hit our first goal and we're headed towards our stretch goal now uh this is current geek like you've never heard before and if you never heard current geek this is the best version to get started with so go check it out support.currentgeek.com that is awesome uh of course uh, we want to give a quick promo to the folks who power all of our stuff, uh, Doghouse Systems, if you go to doghousesystems.com slash V slash Rogue, use promo code Rogue at checkout, you'll get an uh, SSD. More importantly, you'll be rewarding the folks who have provided all of the hardware that powers this studio. Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Amazon added 38 live TV channels to Amazon Prime Video in Germany. So I guess we know what those job listings were about. Uh, this includes 28 HD channels and access to public broadcasters, ARD and ZDF. The channels are part of the standard Prime Video package. So no additional cost. You have Prime, you get Prime Video, you got Prime Video installed, you get these channels in Germany. And the sequel to the zombie thriller, Train to Busan, I think I'm saying yep, that right? That's right. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, nailed it. Premiered in Korea, Taiwan, Malaysia, and Singapore this weekend, racking up $20.8 million, giving it 93% market share. It'll open in Thailand, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, and Cambodia with no U.S. Uh, production or produced movies coming. Korean films where, uh, are, are filling the schedule with Steel Rain 2 Summit uh, coming July 29th. Deliver Us From Evil on uh, August 5th. China opened its theaters Monday, July 20th and took in $472,000 by 8 p.m. Uh, I, 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 I'm sorry, Tom. These sound like such pathetic headlines. Like this is what we're reduced to. Is is This is big news. Why do you say that? I, I, the numbers, they're so small. We're so used to to, to billion-dollar movies okay, and whatnot. Okay, so 472000 by 8 p.m., that's a lot in a, in, a, in a world where this is your first chance to go back to the theaters, right? Yes, yes. We, we have drive-in movie theaters across the United States not making that money. Uh, but I get what you're saying. It sounds like a small number. $20.8 for a weekend in Korea, that's normal. 
That's a normal number because Korea's, also, there's you know, also it's a lot of movies would be happy with twenty point eight million dollars. Oh, yeah. No, that's a big number right there. And uh, what that tells me is people in Korea weren't going back to the theaters because they were worried. People weren't going back to the theaters because there wasn't anything they wanted to watch yet. And uh, Train to Busan was a huge movie. It's really good. Uh, and this sequel was highly anticipated. So I, I think this is positive news. Right on. Season two of Channel 4's Dairy Girls was pulled from Netflix in the UK and Ireland. Netflix mistakenly added the show too early. Oops. Uh, here's what happened. Netflix has the rights to stream the show when season three premieres, but season three has been delayed because of the lockdowns. Uh, so I think Netflix had a date where like, oh, season three is premiering on this date and it'll automatically publish and then forgot about it. Uh, so yes, you can't watch season two of Dairy Girls on Netflix Unless you're outside Ireland and the UK, then you can. Uh, if you're in Ireland and the UK, you can still watch Dairy Girls on Channel 4's catch-up service. Uh, and uh, Xiaomi launched an Android-powered, uh, TV-powered streaming stick called the, M the, the Mi TV. It maxes out at 1080p but supports Dolby and DTS audio. A Bluetooth remote handles voice commands though uh, through Google Assistance. Uh, price and availability were not announced. All right, folks, let's get to the dispatches from the front. Longtime supporter Tim Jar wrote in, said, look, I know I'm a little late to the party, but Dan's email on last week's show reminded me of my list of reasons a DVR is superior to a cloud DVR or on-demand library. One, scrubbing through video. Trying to find a specific spot or skip past a certain scene works so much better on a TiVo. Built-in 30-second rewind, bloop, bloop, bloop. Never having to wait for something to buffer because it's locally stored. Some commercials are decent, and it's easy to see one of those going by and slow down, rewind 30 seconds, and watch. Try doing that with a cloud DVR. Starting sports late. I can tune into a game 30 to 60 minutes late and still catch up by the end. So, you know, starting before it's done. The home screen with everything you want to watch already exists. Spousal acceptance factor. Best remote ever designed. I've tried each one of the streaming service and I hate every one of those DVRs. Those were the slow motion internet that Brian tried to label TiVo, not the TiVo itself. Uh, all the things the emailer said, including the fairly measly cost. On a separate topic, I want to scream every time Brian says, just buy the shows you want to watch. It's so much better. Pardon my language, but how the star, 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 am I supposed to magically know which ones I like without trying them? Brian. So that's how I'm supposed to censor myself. I mean, uh, look, I, I, I'm definitely speaking from a place of privilege. I get to tax deduct all of the expenditures mm. in, in $2.99 for an HD version of whatever show we're trying out. Doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me. I do absolutely hate the fact that I have to own it now, but whatever that's the world we live in that's 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 yeah. that's how they set everything first up. episodes of like first seasons are free too uh so i would say that not all of them though um i think of it more as a thing for like i know i like doctor who i'm gonna watch doctor who no matter what so i'm just gonna pay for the season of doctor who and make it easier it it, it does help too because like like when we make a decision for for a a season of a thing oftentimes it's for spoiler in time so it's like we are deciding to do ah, this. Yeah, that too. Do I do I want to go chasing it and watching stupid commercials or whatever, or do I just want to, you know, yeah. write a check, write a check? Meryl, where do you fall in this? That? 
Uh, where do I fall on having a local DVR versus like a cloud buy, DVR? buying a buying a season versus like yeah oh. DVRing it or getting it on demand? Or... Well, I mean, it depends on what you're what you're working with, right? If you, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily support the need to buy a season of something if you have DVR access and you can just set the DVR to record it. If you're like me or Brian or Tom, I think you have cable. I don't know. If, I don't remember for sure. No, I don't. I haven't had no. cable in years. Okay, so then given that for us it makes sense to buy it like otherwise you're going to wait for the streaming a streaming service to get it if you need it now um i think it's you know it's a case by case um issue um if you have cable there's no reason for you to have to drop the 299 on itunes just you know watch your on-demand service and then if you like it set that dvr to record the show if you are a cord cutter like the three of us well, then it makes sense to spend the money on the season, especially if it's a show you really like, because then you also own it, right? And then you don't have to worry about it. Well, which streaming service is it on? Do I have that one? Do I not have that one? Here's what I found I tend to do is is if it's if I love the first season, the second season is an auto buy, right? If if I already have loved this property and I want to share it with someone, that's an also auto buy. Uh, pretty much anything else, I'll go to just watch and see if I can figure out, you know, a way to get it uh, fairly cheap or free. Right. Merrill Barr, a pleasure as always. Thank you, man, uh, for coming How back. My, hold uh, on. Right. Bryce, what's the final tally? Tell you, please say just one. Please say just one. Uh, just the one that I know of. And zero <sighs> quibbies. Well. Four, four stars, though. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> and yeah, four stars. Four out of four stars. <laughs> if folks want to find out what you're up to, man, where, where should they go? Twitter.com slash Merrill Barr, M-E-R-R-I-L-L-B-A-R-R is where I will keep everyone up to date with all of the things that I'm doing. Because the best names double the consonants. I'm just saying. Damn right. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you again next time. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children? No, not my wife. I know what you're saying. I love our $5 patrons. These are the people that keep us alive and independent. Thank you so much, $5 patrons. You know what? I love them more than not life itself, because then I'd be dead and I couldn't appreciate them, but really, really, really close. And I'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen. Thank you so much to all of our $5 a month patrons. You guys are wizards. You're champions. You're heroes. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.